Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way. Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, welcome back to another NACA's American Dream program where we're here to talk about NACA, who is relentless, helping people like myself with a 480 credit score, able to get a 2.23 30-year fixed interest rate on a home. And all I can say is what bank on the banking strip would have given me a home? No one. But NACA is. So we're always celebrating our members when you guys come through the process and overcome some of these hurdles. And we have a special guest today, Nicole, who will be sharing her testimony today. But before, and we got, guess what? The man is back who sells the houses up north. Jerome Washington is back, 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 back by popular demand. Because what? Jerome is the man that's always getting you the home. So, but before we get to them, Let's go ahead and say hey to our mistress, Control herself, Miss Control, Miss Naka, Angie Annette, the house, Thibodeau out there in Texas. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Good afternoon, everyone out there in the land of Naka. And it is a beautiful day to be out and about on in this wintry month, but still out there looking for your home. And uh, you know what? I am so happy to be here, especially back here with Jerome, who is always talking about Manifested Monday, Make It Happen Monday, Motivational Monday, Do What You Do on Monday. This is the year 2022 <laughs> where we're bringing it all back to you. This is the year that we're bringing you what you need to succeed on NACA's for NACA's best mortgage in America. So we're here today, and guess what, Damien? At a 2.625 interest rate on a 30-year mortgage <laughs> at 1.875, you can't beat that with a stick. Poke me, because I am done. You know, well, mm. I am simply done. You can't get any better than that. So always, guys, out there on Facebook, throw up the hearts and tell us that you like us, love us. And as always throughout this show, this is NACA's American Dream Show, and this is a show where you can call in and ask your questions at 833-771-0500. That's 833-771-0500. Jerome, I'm so happy you are here. This is where Jerome is going to tell us to own your home with Jerome. We have an in-house agent <laughs> from the Northeast and an uh, in-house agent from the Southeast. We got the East covered, but that's okay. West Coast and uh, our Central Time Zone people, don't worry, we're coming to you as well and it's so wonderful to see we have a wonderful testimony here from nicole so damien let's get started we are ready today <laughs> we are ready we're ready so miss nicole how did you tell us how you found out about NACA? because we don't advertise yep. we really don't what brings you here you're muted, you're muted. That's the storyline of 2020, right? You're muted. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say I appreciate being present today to be able to share my testimony and to tell um, the audience how I've learned about NACA. 
I initially learned about NACA from a, a Facebook group called the Dream Catchers, believe it or not. Um, I was a woman who was recently divorced and um, in my divorce, I did not want to fight for property. So I handed it over just like you keep that. <laughs> so I joined this group um, and in this group was about women empowering each other. And one of the topics that consistently came up was NACA. Um, and that started my journey with um, learning about NACA. Oh, wow. And what made you decide that Nicole is time to own a home? Because you don't just wake up and say, you know, I want a house. You, 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 something happened to get you to think along those terms of generational wealth. What was it? Keyword, generational wealth. Um, I come from where my grandmother purchased a home 65 years ago. When she purchased a home 65 years ago, she purchased a brownstone in Brooklyn, and it was 500000 at the time. Um, today is worth $2.3 million. Oh And um, just the idea that something will grow with me. Unlike purchasing a car, once you leave the dealership, it depreciates in value. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that um, would obviously create generational wealth. I'm a divorced mom of two. And I definitely wanted to make sure that I left my children something other than debt. Um, and home ownership was just really the first stage for me with really just claiming my 40 acres and my mule. <laughs> Let me start. Come on, Come on um, And, and mm. acres is important for me. So I guess I started there. That was the journey. I wanted to own something. I wanted to feel like I accomplished something. And I just wanted to be able to leave my children some, some type of property. You know what? Jerome must have told you that you was going to be talking to someone that is like minded like that because you just (laughs) tapped into all my bullet points. (laughs) You know, I love talking about generational wealth. I love talking about our ancestors having the forethought back in the day to own homes and own land and only us millennials and well, us, us generation X and millennials, you know, why aren't we in that mindset to hold and protect what our ancestors so desperately started to keep. And we're the first ones to be willing to sell big mama's home. I don't want you to sell big mama's home. Not if you don't have to don't do that. And I love the fact that you're saying generational wealth, leaving something for my kids, because that's exactly what our ancestors did. They left something behind. They left legacies, heritage, proud things that we could be so happy to walk in their footsteps and and, and pass on to the next generation. So I love everything you said. Damien, tell her that I do. Listen, that's all she preaches. That's all she, that's her mantra. It's Mm -hmm. all about generational wealth. And your family is already exhibiting it, and you're now carrying it down for yourself to now pass on to your kids. That I mean, I I, I can't get past that. I'm just yeah. I'm just in a state of shock. It's and it's been me. sixty years since anyone yeah. in my family have purchased property. Sixty yeah. years is too long. Sixty years is too long. I am a um, first generational, third generational homeowner, and I have to set the foundation for those who who are following me. I have nieces and nephews and, you know, children, and I have to be the first one. My youngest son now, who's well, 23, is like, mom, I'm ready, I'm, I'm, I think I'll be ready next year, right? And I'm like, absolutely. absolutely. We're going through NACA. We're going through NACA. So we, oh, I'm preparing yeah. him now to be able to purchase his own property. I love it. 
And then I have two black boys and I'll be preparing them as well. Now that they've seen that I have done it, their sole interest right now is how they get to the next step. And I'm here to coach them through you, through NACA. So you'll be around. Oh, I love it. Damia, you see how a little bit, just being as perspicacious as she is, and she's giving that and passing that on to the next generation and the next generation. And because you're instilling that in your two boys, guess what? They're going to instill that in your grand boys and your great granddaughters and so on. And that's the legacy we want to have. That's the legacy you leave behind. Out of all the things you can leave for, for our children and for our grandchildren, we leave debt. We leave misery, we leave bad memories, we leave all kinds of stuff. Now we're on the forefront where we think above that and we want to leave them good values, memories, legendary legacies that they can talk about. I love it. I, I love it. Damien, I can't go beyond that. I'm just, she got me jumping in my seat, y'all. Throw up the hearts for Nicole out there. Whoa, her, her wealth building. It's so proven to be efficacious that it's just unreal. And I just I just want to applaud you. I just want to take that time to just throw up the hearts because you're an inspiration not only to your family, but to everybody else that's listening that not only can they do the same thing that you are doing. This is not some hidden lamp. It's not like it's a secret. All you got to do is if you're up north, you go to Jerome, you go to NACA. They can do the same thing no matter where you're at. It doesn't, we're in 50 states. So don't look at this and wish. Start the process by going to NACA's work, um, website, www.naca.com, and start your process, your wealth building, by starting with the workshop. That's all I can say, because, ma'am, we could end it right now with what you just said and how it, that's just so exhilarating. I just don't know what to say. I'm just I love it. I simply love it. But let's talk about your process. We know what brought you to NACA and we know what made you come to that realization of owning a home. But now let's talk about the actual process and things like that. And we, we're taking questions, guys. Don't forget, you can always hit us up on Facebook because we are live. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll, we're on Twitter and Instagram and all of that. And you can always reach us at www.naca.com and 833-771-0500. But we have a question out there from Tamuk and, and Tamuk uh, is saying, Nicole, did you, did you get a single family home or a manufactured home? What type of home did you get? I purchased a single family home. I'm at the age where my children are actually, I'm an empty nester. So I just needed something for myself. Um, I also want to point out, I didn't go into this process immediately because I'm a first time home buyer. I wanted to purchase a home. I did not want to purchase my forever dream home at this moment. When you have not had home ownership, sometimes we go into NACA, we go into these programs and we want to purchase this million dollar mansion, right? You have the slightest idea on what to do with that mansion. Yeah, you have it, right? You got 10 bedrooms, three bathrooms, who's cleaning it? You know, what is the, your light bill going to be like? What is your water bill going to be like? What is your electricity going to be like? So for me, I purchased a single family home. It is four bedrooms. It is two bathrooms, um, but it's a nice first home. And in five years, I'll go back to NACA and we, we'll get that mansion that I'm looking for. Now, there you go. Ooh, amen. Now that's wisdom. You're speaking with wisdom, you know, because I've never seen us come out of the womb and start running. We come out, we crawl. We walk 
and then we run, you know? And so what you're talking about is wisdom because you're living within your means and you're taking steps to see if you like this home, if you like ownership, if you like going from paying just your rent and your utilities to paying rent, insurance, utilities, the upkeep of your yard. <laughs> if what happens if the hot water heater break, what happens if you need roof work and all of that, that comes in between, you want to now gear your, get yourself geared and ready for it because home ownership is not just something you do. It is something you live and invest in forever. Even after your last payment, you're still investing. You're still pouring into your property values and things to upgrade and upkeep. So it, it, it really is an undertaking. So I commend you for having the, the, the wisdom to make those steps. Yes. Now, here's the thing. One other thing. Damien, did you have something before I go into the next question? Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted ahead. to ask you when you went in and you had your, you went to the workshop, you did your research, you went to the workshop. What did you think about that? Was it overwhelming? Were you more than ready? Or were you saying, wait a minute, now nah, let me take a step back? Because we always get questions like, what to do next? I just got a phone call from someone that's saying, you know, I went to the workshop, I've done this, I've done that. I just need my counselor to call and contact me. And for that person that's out there, I need you to contact 425-602-6222. That's 425-602-6222. Any one of our NACA representatives will be able to direct you to your counselor. Thank you for that call. But Nicole, after the workshop. <laughs> just, just one of the things that, because we always are getting this call six or seven times, what do you do next? And I think maybe we just need to reiterate that on every one of our, you know, podcasts. So what you do next is once you attend the workshop, you now go upload all your documents because you have your NAC ID and then you call so that you can now set up an appointment. But nobody's calling you, nobody's, you're not sitting waiting on somebody to call you to set up an appointment. That's something you can either do in your web file. If you can't do it in your web file, then you call the customer service number that Internet just mentioned. So do not wait. You're not just waiting on somebody to reach out to you because it's over three or 4,000 people that sit, could be sitting waiting. So you make the next step. That's right. So Nicole, tell me what you thought about after you attended the workshop where you said, what were your thoughts? Well, I can say that attending the workshop, um, it was amazing because you hear about NACA, you hear about other people's experiences, you hear, um, and let's be honest, you hear some amazing things and then you hear some things that's not, that's not super amazing, right? So what you do is you first have to immerse yourself into the experience. You have to attend that workshop. And once I was done attending the workshop, I think the first thing for me was the handbook, right? Um, I'm not an auditory learner. I don't learn by people talking to me. And the workshop was great. And I heard a lot of information, but I really wasn't able to digest it. I really wasn't able to really get the feel. I got a lot of information, but I had to compartmentalize it. What starts first, right? So for me, it was getting that workbook, looking over the, the, the worksheet, looking at my budget, right? Am I prepared for this? Let me first look at my budget. I'm going to start here. And the reason why I have to start here is because I need to see where my money is going. Is this something that I can actually attain? I can say I went through the workbook at least two times before I started. And the first thing I did is I went to Google Docs and I began to create my own electronic 
folders of all the oh, wow. I put my bills in one folder. I put my bank account statements in another folder. I created another folder for my W-2 forms. I created a, 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 an additional folder for my income tax records and, and my pay stubs. And I begin to put everything in categories. And each time that I got paid, I just knew to upload. Each time that um, I received a, a, a new paycheck, I, you know, I, same thing, right? I uploaded it. Um, each time that I received a bill and I paid it off, I would just consistently upload that information to organize my life. So I started with my budget, made sure that I was spending money, realizing I was, instead of going to Starbucks, I can go to the bodega. I'm from Brooklyn. That's what we call it. And instead of spending $6 on a coffee, I'll spend 50 cents on a cup of coffee. Okay. And just those tweaks really helped me be prepared for the process. To, to finalize the answer, the meeting was great. It wasn't overwhelming, but I also needed to do my research and I also needed to read and I also needed to immerse myself in the experience. I will let you know, I closed in 30 days. What? Oh. 30 days. Come on now. Now y'all know y'all <laughs> got to throw some hearts up for Nicole out there on Facebook. <laughs> throw them hearts up, but it sounds like you got yourself prepared, your documents, you were ready. You did a lot of the preliminary work to make sure you was ready. Absolutely. And then I did, did not depend on my MC to do the work for me. I had to be pro. Hmm. Say that again. I did not depend on my MC to do the work for me. I, I had to be that. an active participator in this experience. I knew once I left the workshop, it was 400 of us there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What yeah. is going to set me apart? I had to show readiness. So I needed mm. to myself and I needed to be active. If someone is giving you something, someone is giving you a, per- a property with no money down, no closing fee, it's in your hand. You just have to be prepared to do the work. Right. And that's what I did. I came prepared to do the work. I love it. I Ooh. love it. And you know, the Man. fact that you're on here with your realtor um and 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 you know we've had jerome on the show a, a a few times and the one thing i noticed that sets you know sets him apart from from the others that i've seen and not not just i'm, I'm not talking about internal but external i see a lot of realtors out outside of naca and the one thing i noticed about our in-house uh real estate agents is that they have relationships with their members the relationships are serious they're they're friendly. They're, you know, let's go get it together. They're in this together. And I see that, you know, you guys being here, when you got qualified, how did you connect with Jerome? I immediately knew I wanted to work with an in-house agent. I wanted to work with someone who was an expertise in the NACA process. I did not want to go to an agent. I've seen it and you take them and you send them to a course and they become NACA certified as an agent. I wanted someone who knew NACA like the black, the back of their hands. In fact, it's so amazing. And I, you know, immediately, Jerome and I connected. He was very personable, definitely immediately answered every question I had. And I think for me, I knew his experience because I also, I, I like to Google everything and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew his experience, um, his work spoke for itself. And I just knew that he knew NACA because he has so many years in the field. 
And because I've chosen in-house agent, I know for sure my process was 30 days or less because I had someone who was just an expert in the field. Wow. Wow. And wow. my MC, I have to plug my MC, Matthew Griffin. I call <laughs> them the dream team. They All were- right. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, I'm, I'm sure Matthew right now, as we speak, is working with another NACA member trying to make sure that they own their home as well. Yes. And so Matthew, you know, once he hears this, you can always go to our podcast later and, sh- and, and download it. So Matthew, if you're listening, you know, shout out to you. Thank you for being hey. who you are and doing what you do to continue to do good in our neighborhood. Uh, I love this story, Nicole. Um, when Jerome, when you met Jerome, did you how did you go to how many houses, or did you know exactly what kind of home you wanted? You knew the bedrooms, number of bathrooms. You knew all of this, or you had to go through trial and error. I I knew that I wanted a home, right? And I think I set my own expectation. I did not go into this process with a laundry list for Jerome. I did want a neighborhood that I felt comfortable walking in at night. I wanted to be a little distance from, because I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I purchased in New Jersey. I did not want a long commute because I still have family ties in my, my careers in Brooklyn. When I spoke to Jerome, he asked me a few questions. Um, and that was our initial conversation. I think that same day we had registered for the site and he had already started putting homes and plugging in homes onto this website. And I was able to go through the site and I was able to select some homes. I'm also non-priority, so that played a lot into it. So Jerome actually looked at my numbers, looked at the medium income. He did all the work for me. And he really plugged homes in my house that fit my personality and what I was looking for. Um, initially, I probably was, I liked about 15 homes. And Jerome was like, whoa, <laughs> you need to go in there. You need to look at that, that those numbers, that's important. And I looked at, I would look in and plug in the numbers. And then I came down to three. Um, we, he taught, he, we set up my appointment to look at properties. I can tell you, I looked at the first one and I liked it. I looked at the second one that Jerome chose. I did not choose this home. Jerome put it on the list. And I looked at the second one and I loved it. Wow. Um, the, the moment I walked in my kitchen, Jerome was like, this is the one. I started taking videos. I was like, oh, and as I'm taking video, Jerome goes out to the car, get his laptop, and he literally puts the offer on the house while we are in the living room of the property. No way. So then I went to go see the other two that I thought I liked and that I chose. And I was like, no, this was the one. So it was one home. I was one and done, as they say, the young kids say. Wow. <laughs> wow. The, the, first, the first day that I went out, I looked, I found this was the second home. Jerome put the bid on this home inside the living room before we went to the third house. Before you even saw the third, he put the offer in on the and second. By the time I was in my fourth house, my offer was accepted. Stop it. Wow. No. Wow. <laughs> Jerome, I gotta break that now down. You know, for Jerome, I gotta talk to you about this. You know I do. I have so many yeah, questions. And just so you know, I know people on Facebook are throwing up the hearts, but Hope has a question. Hope I'm gonna get to your question in just a minute because Jerome, how did you you just you knew that she would like this house just from your hearing from your questionnaires that you asked her? You knew that this was something that you could put on her list, even though she didn't pick it. Give it a shot. 
Well, the best thing you can do is ask a lot of questions. But when someone volunteers the houses as well that they like, you can kind of look at them and just see, okay, this is the flavor that they like. But a lot of times when a new buyer has houses, you may have to um, pick them off because maybe it's out of affordability or uh, as a non-priority buyer, maybe it's not within the census tract. But long story short, for her, she was looking, her the house, the two extra houses I added was the first house and the second house. We liked the first house and the second house blew away the first house. But at being a non-priority buyer, what I had to do was I, I have a special way where I look at the census tract and you can see the houses that fall within the, the 100% that are under 100%. Her house actually fell is 79 point something, just below 80%. There's this small area that I noticed when I was looking at the area that she wanted to buy. So this one house in there changed the difference. If that was above 80%, it may not have been within her affordability. And so this one small area really worked. And yes, on her first day out, first round of houses, we found something. And I, I definitely love the New York buyers that come down because then you can find the communities that work. A lot of families buy in Burlington County from um, uh, New York and close to uh, it's it's not too far of a commute. So and it's just amazing, you know, the house selection that they have. Jamal, you know, so many questions I got to ask you just from from just uh, the memberships uh, that we get, the members that call in on those questions about, you know, real estate agents and things like that. But Hope has a good question. Hope is hearing the connection you have with Nicole. And she's saying, you know, I, I live in I, Jerome. I live in, in Atlanta. How can I find a Jerome in my area? And I think, you know, I'm gonna let you answer that, Jerome, but the, the, the connection is the real estate, the agent itself and having that relationship. And um, I've, I've had you on the show in the past and you always say, you know, it's about relationships and understanding each other. It goes both ways. So how can Hope find a Jerome in Atlanta? Well, I'm going to say in general, when you're trying to work with a real estate agent, um, one thing, when I speak to a, a new client, I try to give them my best energy. I don't want to be on, just distracted. And because the first impression is very important. And also for the member, you know, I hope the member comes with good energy as well. And, and basically from that point, how responsive is the agent? You know, so basically responsiveness is very important, that communication. And you can detect how well an agent communicates by just trying to reach them for the first time. So you want a communicator and, and naturally you want to go get her. I'm a top producer. So I'm naturally, I'm out here, I'm pushing, you know, that's what I do. So, you know, you want to ask someone how many transactions they've done, you know, how active they are, you know, full-time availability. So, you know, these are, you know, very important things. You can just look at someone's track record, you know, to see how comfortable, you know, you can be with them. Just like Nicole, you know, looked me up to see. But also, it's she googled it's a, you. She googled me. <laughs> Google. You know. But I also can say, Jerome, not to um, cut you mm -hmm. off, but if I called your phone and I didn't reach you, I immediately got a text message to say, "I'm on the line. Give me a few moments." Wow. It was just that little detail, right? I, it could be an automated response, but the fact is that I called you. And before I can even put my phone down to move on to something else, I got a text message that acknowledged the call. Hi, I see that you called me. 
I'm in busy. I'll give you a call in a few moments or when I'm free. And then my phone will ring later on. So it's about that relate. That relationship is so important when you reach out to someone and they're responsive. That was the first sign that I knew that Jerome was was part of my dream team because he was responsive to me. He could have let the phone call, call me back two days later. And I think if you have a a realtor and you're looking for Jerome, you want to look for someone who is responsive to your simple call or text message. Wow. That's so true. And what I try to teach my new agents that, you know, being a broker, you know, having agents that are working with NACA members, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement is what I try to teach them because just because you can't take that call, if you just say, oh, I'll call them back, four hours or so could go by and they're sitting there thinking you didn't even know they called. But so it's not just the acknowledgement, it's the follow-up. So, so let's just say I get sent text messages all day of houses that people want to see of, of my many clients. What I acknowledge it is I say, we'll check and they know I will follow up by tomorrow. You got to give me time to call the agent to check the availability right. and you, and you got to send me your availability in the meantime. But that's part of the communication with the clients because you're going to lose a client every time you send them uh, a message, you know, two o'clock on a Monday and they're calling you four o'clock Tuesday saying, hey, um, how can I help you? You know, that's not going to work. You, you, you have to acknowledge that you're going to get back to them in time and then do the follow up. So, you know, and, and that's that's good to, to mention the follow up is key and, and the assertiveness and just just being there is good to just even if it wasn't the answer Nicole was looking for. She know you acknowledged her presence. She, she knew you acknowledged the fact that she needed you and you called her back. And so sometimes it's those little things that really do mean so much. Um, Jerome, you're helping Nicole find a house. You put the offer in right there in the living room and then went on to the next house. And the, the, what I want to key into, because Damien and I have these conversations all the time. Well, I don't found the house and you didn't put the offer in. So let's call it a day. Why don't we stop there? What made you keep on? Tell the listeners out there in the membership why you kept going. Well, there's two reasons. The first reason is why I wrote it, why I was in the house. In this business, if you delay, someone else is going to get your house. If I had to wait until I got home, which could have been four hours later, I may have missed out on the property. Wow. And you have to be aggressive. And the second you know some, it's the one, like she knew it once she walked in. We knew it. You know, her whole attitude changed once she got in the house. So what I did was, while she was still doing her tour, I dialed up the agent. I said, look, my client, we don't want to leave. I said, what do we got to do to get this house? And he said, well, Jerome, I'm getting ready to go to the holiday party for the company. Um, and there's also another person that's probably going to be getting an offer in soon. I said, well, look, I'm going to get my laptop out. I'm going to send you the offer. We're going to give you what you want for it. I said, you know, the buyer absolutely loves it. I sold them on the NACA program. Everything was great. So that's why, even though we still had two other houses to see, I did not want her to feel like she left anything on the table, despite it being the one. So we still put in the offer and went through and saw the other houses. And yes, once we left the other house, I'm calling her while she's on her car ride home. I'm like, we got it. You know, wow. I, I had to literally get that offer in before. And I think this was on a Friday before what? the holiday party. And we would it would have been Monday. 
So I got it in before the holiday party. He presented it to his client and um, they they accepted the offer. And, you know, as we progress with telling her story, I'm just going to let you know, they also now are have taken the workshop, the listing agent side, and they want to refer clients to NACA. They, they Stop it. So I love it. That I they are now NACA. It. They want to do NACA as well. I love it. It's a win-win for everybody. Want to jump in real quick and ask a couple of questions. I think Devario, I think we just answered your question because Jerome, one of the questions came in is, can you have, can you put multiple offers at a time on different houses? And I think you just, you just answered that, but you want to take that one? You were Damien? It, it could kind of depend on the state. New Jersey is a different state. New Jersey has what they call attorney review. You can cancel a deal roughly within 32 business out, I mean, sorry, three business days, if uh, for any reason the deal is not what you wanted. In Pennsylvania, let's just say where I work also, I mean, you're pretty much set, you know, once you uh, sign those papers. So you got to watch when you put multiple offers in on, I'm pretty transparent. If I have multiple offers out there, especially in New Jersey, I'm letting them know, hey, you are my uh, 1A right now, but if you don't get back to me, I got one B out there that if it gets accepted, we're going to have to go with it. So you, you nearly have to have some options just to keep everybody in the game. Once again, it's about being aggressive. And you're shooting straight from the hip. You're being straight up from the top. So there's no surprises. I like that. Tamuka's coming back and asking a question. She, and this is a good one. With the market being as volatile as it is, what happens when uh, you when you have a higher the home value is higher than the appraised value? Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. That can happen. And that's something you got to watch, too, when you run your numbers, when you're about to put an offer in, because you could get wrapped up in a deal. That appraisal is probably coming three weeks after you sign papers and you've done invested time with the counselors doing credit access. You invested your home inspection and additional inspections only to find out the house didn't appraise and potentially the deal may not move forward because the seller probably doesn't want to sell the house you know, at the mercy of the appraisal, sometimes they want the difference. A lot of times in this market, buyers are guaranteeing the difference for an appraisal. So if there's a NACA member that has assets and you really want to compete with some of these other loans that are putting down 20% and different things, you it's so important that you save because sometimes you have to cover that appraisal gap. That's what's going to make the difference in a multiple offer environment. So yes, when the house does not appraise, sometimes people pay the difference. Or you, you stand your ground and uh, be at the mercy of the appraisal. And that's where I was going with it, because the type of person I am, I don't want to pay higher than the appraised value. If I'm if I got approved for two hundred thousand and the house is two ten, I only wanted to pay two ten. Why should I pay two? Why should I pay two ten when I'm approved for two hundred? I'm 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 offering two hundred. But tell me what I run the risk of if I'm approved for two hundred and I make that offer for two hundred. Uh, and the appraisal comes back saying that it's if it's listed for a certain amount and that appraisal comes back lower. Why should I pay more than that, Jerome? For what reason would I do that? Well, a lot of times people want the house bad enough. You, you're so emotionally invested into that house at that point and the market's tough. It's the seller's market right now. And a lot of times people go in saying I'll be at the mercy because it's hard to win a house. You know, it's very competitive. Everybody's out there shopping right now. 
Exactly. And it also could be, the, the, the difference could be the location. It could be in a school district where you've now restricted the houses that you're able to get because you're looking at a finite area that in this school district, so there may not be a lot of houses. It may be close to where grandmama lives. So you might not have seen a lot of houses next close to grandma in proximity. So it, 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 there are other values than just the actual home value. There are intrinsic values that are based on how you feel about the house, where it's located, and other things. So it's not just the appraisal that you're willing to pay a little bit more for. Not always are you going to pay twenty to 30000 more. You can if you have the money, but it's more so about how bad do you really want this house? Does it fit and meet your needs? Okay, so let me add, let me play devil's advocate. I don't have the money. I don't have the additional amount that can get me into this home. What do you do? Look, we, we know going in the scenarios. That's how we play it. You know, like I mentioned, we run comps to see if we're pushing the comps. And if we're pushing the comps, sometimes you got to give the seller what they want and be at the mercy of it. And if the seller is willing to be at the mercy of it, because a lot of times when you're trying to negotiate, the seller is going to ask, okay, well, you got to cover up to $10,000 if it don't appraise. You know the seller's stance going in. I don't want you to waste all this time on one house if you don't have the money. So the deal's set up with the backup plan in case it doesn't appraise. That's what I wanted to hear. What's the backup? Because it may not be the deal for you. It, it Honestly, this may not be the house for you. Though you like it, you want it, but based on your affordability, because at the end of the day, you still have to be realistic about what's affordable for you. And wow. if they qualify you for 200, you may not want to be shopping at 200. You might want to shop 20,000 below, no more than 180, if you don't have a whole lot of money, because that does give you the, the flexibility to not offer more, but still be within your affordability. And that's where I was going next. Uh, Jerome, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no. Mm -hmm. oh, no, no. What I was saying too is, you know, I was just thinking about it. I was just looking at the time too, because I know one of the big things I also wanted to talk about is, you know, the condition of the property. I know you're asking about the appraised value. Right. But I was the, getting ready to get into it. Yep, yeah. The condition right. of the property is is next. And if you don't pass the inspection, what happens? So, and, and that's where I was going next because I, in the scenario I gave, you know, the appraised value is coming back lower than what the seller is asking. Is the house even worth it? Who's doing the inspection? What am I up against when I go into the house? And let's say I do have the money to, to move in and, and get the house and purchase the home. What mm -hmm. is, what, what's my risk now? What happens if something happens to it? And now I'm out of pocket more money. So these home inspections are really, really important. And so I'm going to lead into a question uh, in just a minute, but this is the NACA power hour. We are, this is America's best in, best in America mortgage program that we're having right here. Reach us, call us, like us, love us, do whatever you want to do with us at 833-771-0500. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And so I wanted to make sure I take a station break real quick just to let people know to reach us at 833-771-0500. We are also on www.naca.com. And Davaria asked another question before we go into the inspection. Does construction ever not appraise? Does new construction ever not appraise for the asking value. I'm thinking she's talking about for the asking price. So if they ask, if the seller's asking for 210 and it appraised at 200, does it ever not appraise in that scenario? I'm going to say this about new construction. Mm -hmm. um, 
the last new construction I did, someone in the summertime in August was under contract and they closed in March. When they got under contract in August, the base price of the construction was 285. When they closed in March, it was 365, the base price. So new construction in this market right now is constantly appraising and you're going to have equity by the time you close. Wow. Great answer. I love that answer. And they're going up every week. So based on they may let five houses become available this week, the week before those are higher than those. So they're constantly pushing the mark. If they got 310, 210 for these, then next week when they open more houses, they're trying to get 220. So they're always constantly going up. And you got to also consider that a lot of times they're waiting on materials. So the materials are another thing that affect how it's going to cost when you finally get everything in. But I don't know about up north, but like in Georgia, what we always do is we have what we call a due diligence period, whatever the number of days you put in there. So typically we've been doing like five to seven days. So in that time period, doing the due diligence period, you can walk in and sneeze and say, I want to get out the contract because the house made me sneeze. But during that period, you're going to do your home inspection. With the home inspection, you are required to be there with the home inspector. So he's going through making you aware of what the possibilities of things that may be going on with the house. So you know, before the home inspection is over, might this be something you can afford? Is this unaffordable? Now, after they get through, they upload it to the hand department so they can give their analysis. But what you can do based on what you've, done, what you've seen with the home inspection is now, if this is something you still want to move forward, you have contractors to come in during that due diligence period to now give you actual costs to fix or repair those. So before the due diligence period, you know if this is going to be within your affordability or not. It might be 60000 It could be five. It might be 2000 it just depends on what your affordability is, but you have that option within the due diligence period to do all of this research and still walk away with so, not losing. So Jerome, let's talk about this. When Nicole found the house, how did her inspection turn out? Well, the house, nearly everything's new in the house. House is gorgeous. And yeah. I want to make sure we have time before this is over for her to share it. Um, but, you know, there's some important stuff that we got to go over right now. And that is that the house was great, but the home inspector did have a concern about the sewage line. So the sewage line, the, uh, basically, uh, the, the inspector asked the buyer to inquire about. So what I typically do when I have a client that has a suspected uh, sewer line that might be clogged or a blockage or broken, uh, I ask first so that the buyer doesn't make the expense because it can be expensive is to have uh, the sewer line jet cleaned and then a pipe scope, a video of the pipe after it is has been jet cleaned. And jet cleaning is just a whole bunch of water going through, pushing anything that's in the pipe out to the street. Oh, wow. and, then, and then a pipe scope is where uh, a professional comes in with a camera that they can put inside the sewer line and you can see exactly what's going on. And I know we have that, and that, this is what we're going to narrate and talk about, because this is not Nicole's house, but this is a house that did have, require a pipe scope. If you can rewind just to be able, just a little bit, this is inside the house, right there. You see, this is the basement. So the first 15 feet of this house is not even outside. 
So when you go back in, you see this is an instant telltale sign that not everything's leaving the house. Wow. So and as the video plays on, you it, it tells you how deep you go. So we'll let it play. And what they're doing is they're shoving this camera through the plumbing line. And if they're seeing just blockages, I mean, anything can happen. Uh, a tree, tree roots can come into and compromise the sewer line outside. Um, just older plumbing can uh, mm -hmm. just break. But uh, we're going to let this guy get the camera through there. He's messing with the camera. Okay, here. It's just clogged. You can oh see. It tells you how God. far you, you're only five feet deep. This was in the house. This is behind the washer and dryer, just trying to get out to the backyard. Look at all that that's in this house. It's a lot. He you, nearly had to stop the test. He and, had to and stop this, the is, test. this is a normal inspection or a special order inspection to happen with the pipes? It's a special order inspection that I would strongly suggest for someone to get when they have older homes because you see what you're up against because you could have a potential collapse in the years to come. Look at the water just and sitting it, there. Though. Yeah, that's, that's, it's just sitting right there. Now, so what happened with this transaction, just like uh, Nicole's, um, the pipes were jet cleaned and the seller at that point, and if you can go to the, the result, what it looks like after you jet clean the pipe. Jet. And this, this process is called jet clean a pipe. This looks like a colonoscopy for, for your <laughs> it house. Does, right? it, yes. it really does. It, but it's called it jet cleaning. Your inspector yeah. can order a jet clean on an older property. Well, the buyer can. So what we the did buyer. was we asked for, for this particular transaction, the seller to replace everything and run the scan again. Run it again to make sure that everything's oh, clear. How nice that looks. That so, looks nice and clean. Look, we're five, we're almost 10 feet in, and we could even get five feet in before. And then so finally, as mm -hmm. it goes further, you start seeing as it goes toward the street area. But this is comforting whenever a buyer decides to do this. And this is what for Nicole's transaction on the seller side, they ran a scope, they found the problem, and they ended up uh, doing what they thought would correct it. And that's what we but this is why we wanted to share this today. Even though this is not her transaction, this is much better Amazing. as you get. Now, this is really the older pipe toward the street area, but really it, it's much better now, as you can see. It's getting so, out. It's getting yeah, out. Yeah, it's getting out now. But this is what your pipes look like as you go to the street. You know, it's just, it's amazing everything you see. And people can tell from the sides of the, of the pipes whether they're worn and you can see whether whether or not you know some tree branches have compromised the pipe, but um, for the most part, you know you know back to you know Nicole's transaction wow. that was a major concern. You know she loved the house, but the deal breaker is what happens. You know what about that plumbing? Plumbing can be expensive, so we're trying to do our due diligence and ask the seller to jet clean the pipe and let us know you know what's what's going on. So the seller jet cleaned the pipe. They were advised by a plumber what should have what course of action they should take. Newton and the seller was given options. They chose one of the options, and it was thought that everything should be good. So you know, it's it's amazing you did this because we've had a couple of inspectors on before, 
And they made a comment saying the first thing they do when they walk into the house is start flushing the toilets, air, run all the water in all the sinks at the same time, see if anything backs up. It was so deep. You would have to literally run the water for a few minutes before you can even determine that, that that's going to clog up eventually as you get further down because the pipes were so clogged and bad. Yeah. And, and now that wasn't Nicole's house, but that was a house that right. ultimately a NACA member that closed and got that, you know, you saw the replacement and everything's good. But tell me, Nicole, what did you experience that uh, caused you know us to get the different conclusions? Well, I can tell you, Jerome, um, when I initially started the home buying process, again, because I had done so much research, I learned that pipes could be potentially a problem. Um, so I personally, at my own pocket, paid for this plumbing inspection. Um, it was about $500. And, you know, and at some point it's like, do I really want to spend an extra $500? That's what it comes down to. Because for me, it's like, that could be a new vanity set, right? Um, but uh, working with the team, I realized that this was something that I should do, that I that I had to do for me to have a, you know, uh, a, a sound mind going into this process. So I called the plumber. I found um, the plumber. I arranged for him, I think same day to come out and do the scope. When he was performing the scope, he could not get far into my pipeline. Like Jerome was showing this, this first, you know, the video was like 10 feet in. I think when he got about eight or nine feet in, he couldn't get any farther. I got in touch with Jerome. Jerome um, got the report. He did his thing on the background. We assumed everything was done. We got the report that the, the, the problem was resolved, quote unquote. Um, so we moved forward with the purchase of the home, got into my home. The first couple of days, everything was great. I was in my glory, went to go flush the toilet and realized that there was water that came up and from mm. underneath the toilet. And I was like, Hey, this doesn't look right. Then it started to back up into my bathtub. Um, I sat with it for a few days cause I closed right before Christmas. I think it was like two days before Christmas, right? So this was my Christmas present to myself and to my family. Um, I sat with it for a few days and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to call Jerome. I'm not going to call NACA. I'm going to figure it out this out myself because I'm a homeowner now. This is my property. I have to figure it out. I don't want to be a peasant. Jerome has probably moved on to his next candidate. I'm not going to bother Jerome, okay? I went to, because I still have my apartment in Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn for a few days. I came back. The problem was still there. At this point, I began to call around to see how much I would be, you know, what was the cost of repair? Called out Rotorula, <laughs> um, which is this plumbing company. They came out. The man was in my bathroom for almost an hour. He could not unclog the, 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 the toilet at all. Um, so I said, well, you can't unclog it. What do you think is wrong? He believed that there was some type of collapse. He, he came up with all these potential things that it could or could not be. I got three quotes. <laughs> the, all quotes was over $10,000. I'm like, whoa, I haven't even wow. paid my mortgage yet. I cannot afford $10,000. So I said, you know what? I was put my big girl stuff on. I was like, let me just reach out to Jerome. I simply send a quick text message. Jerome, when you get a chance, can you give me a call? Again, responsiveness, right? Um, the, the deal is done. Jerome's moved on. Um, but this is about, this is why partnership and working with an in-house realtor is so important. 
I reached yeah. out to Jerome. Jerome got on the phone with me around 9, 10, 30 at night. Me and Jerome was on the phone. When I told him about the problem, his first response was, you could have called me. You should have called me. And I said, no, Jerome, I'm a big girl. I wanted to handle it by myself. You know, this is a home ownership. I need to navigate these things alone. Got off the phone with Jerome around 10 o'clock that night. He said, I'm going to make a few phone calls. I'll check back in with you. The next morning, like eight o'clock in the morning, Jerome reached out to me. We had a quick conversation. He said, well, I'm working on this behind the scene. The next day, Jerome called me and he said, I need for you to do two things for me. And I'm like, okay, what is it that I need to do? He's like, first, I need you to get one of those estimates over to me. And I was like, okay, fine. It's in my email. I'll forward it to you. He said, the next thing I need you to do is rejoice because the seller is paying for the repairs. Oh, wow. After you close? After I close over my home. I love it. I, no, it's, 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 I'm going to use this word. I always say it when I'm speaking to Jerome um, and I'm speaking to them. I don't know what everyone else believe in. I believe in God. I believe in relationship building. I believe in cosmetic connections. Jerome was definitely what I needed when I didn't know that I needed him. Oh, I know I that it was a, this partnership that we formed. Um, went beyond the scope of just me being a member. It was a personal relationship. And he made sure that they, I got a brand new plumbing system. Wow. And I have been able to flush and shower with no problems. And I just think that, again, I believe that God has brought us together. I'm forever a NACA fan. I'm forever a NACA's advocate. Call me 24 hours a day. I'll speak to anyone. I'll tell everyone about the story because what was the odds of them, this Jerome getting in touch with the seller to have them make this repairs after I've already been in my house for seven days. It was no longer his responsibility, but because of Jerome, it's just, he can do it. He's a part of the dream team. He made it happen. And that's why, you know what, that's why Hope is asking for, Hope earlier asked for right. Jerome in her area because it's those relationships. And guess what? On the seller side, Jerome has formed a relationship there and told the seller, look, you know, you got to make this right. I brought you somebody who was serious about buying. You got to make good on the deal. And that's, it, the relationship goes so many different ways and he has it. He has it. He's one of, one of NACA's in-house agents, one of their many that have that knack. And I love that. I want to ask this question, Jerome, before we move on. Someone wants to know on the jet clean that that was ordered on Mm -hmm. the pipes. When do you ask for that to be to happen? And can you do it prior to final signing your docs? The second you suspect any trouble, you ask the seller to jet clean it and provide a scoop. Or if they're not willing, then you got to do it as part of your due diligence and it's, it's extremely helpful. It identifies a problem early. Well, I, I would just like to say, I think before you get to that point, I think when you're doing, because we're all required to do a house inspection, it's, it's what we have to do. Yeah. The moment that you are setting up your house inspection, I think you should set up all your inspections, your plumber, pest control. They can identify areas of your home because I just had them leave my home. Where do you see a potential problem for pests? I live in a beautiful Burlington County. I have a lot of trees and squirrels and raccoons. Come to my home, show me what my problem areas might be, and let me take care of this 
let me be proactive and not retroactive. So I think the moment that you are, you've chosen your house, the moment you said, this is the one, that aha moment goes off and you know this is the one, start calling to get all your inspections. People do not like to spend money before they have to, but these are preventable measures if you're going to be a homeowner. Pest inspection, Mm -hmm. I recommend getting that. They'll be able to see if there's anything that needs to be sealed on the outside of your house. I have a chimney. Is there a chimney guard up there? What do I need to do to prevent a raccoon from coming in? Is there a hole or a crack? Can you feel it? Can you guarantee me your services after you're done? So I think that when you're home buyer, you have to be proactive and not retroactive. And you have to make sure that these inspections are done before you decide that this is the house for you. You may put in $1,500 and and realize, you know what, the seller can either help you with that or you move on. I'd rather lose $1,500 in inspections than to be left with a $50,000 or $10,000 issue. And that's the logic behind it all. You got me so excited. I want to see your home. Let's see okay, it. Great. So let's do it. So I, I will say that I'll show off the rooms, not my private rooms areas, you know. Right, um, right. But obviously, let me turn off because I... Um, Whatever you're comfortable with, you know, on the NACA show, we can do it our own way. So let's let's look at this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, this Perfect. So I'm going to... Let me mute this. Okay. I would just log off the computer here. Okay, log off. Am I off? Yeah. Perfect. So this no, is my um I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, you gotta leave. I would leave the meeting on the. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. There you, there go. you go. So this is where I'm speaking to you guys from. This is my favorite part of my house. Is my home office. Um, this was the first area that I took care of. This is where I'm actually chatting with you from. So this love is my home you, office. Oh, I love your house. Um, this is my master bedroom that has um, my own bathroom. This is the second bathroom. Love it. This is my hallway. Beautiful floors. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these are guest rooms. I left one open so you could just see one of the guest rooms with the mm-hmm. beautiful view for the street. I'll go nice. up there too a little bit. So this is one of my guest rooms. You have hardwood floors. This is what I fell in love with, this open concept for the kitchen. Nice. And it, it was, this was Very what nice. sold me, <laughs> essentially. Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. These windows sold me too. Big windows. Those windows are big. They're huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. You guys out there on Facebook, throw some hearts up for Nicole, who is brave Say enough that one more time. And, and proud enough to show us her beautiful yes, home, yes. her beautiful NACA home, <laughs> where she was working with Jerome to own her home. Yes. Damien, we're there. You know, you know you're an adult when the first thing you buy is a washing machine and dryer before you buy anything else. 
That was well, my first purchase. Cleanliness is the next best thing to you know what. So, <laughs> Damien, this can you is, it? we're at the top of the Let's check out the skylights. It's got a nice skylights skylight wow. in there. I love it. It was beautiful. When my oh, having the fireplace was important to me. And this is I tell my, I cannot wait to have family over and take care of this backyard. I have a lot of land. Yeah, I have a lot of trees. Wow. You have storage have, area too. I have a storage area. Jerome, don't get jealous when you see this, okay? Let me see what she did now. Don't get jealous, Jerome. <laughs> I'm gonna grab my own ram. You see that bad boy, Jerome? Yeah, okay. Is that, is that new as well? <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Oh, but I wanted to show my front yard, too. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. So this is um, all, all my property, my beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. Trees galore. Big windows. Big windows. I love those Open windows. space concept. And yeah, that's it. Nice and clean, clean, neat look. Love it. <laughs> we love it. We love it. We love it. Congratulations on your home. Oh my God. I wish we right. had more time. Jerome, yes. job yes. well done. Nicole, congratulations awesome. on your property, on your legacy, on your wealth generation, uh, on your wealth generator. We just love this. Damien, I can't say it any better than that. I'm just amazed. I'm just, I love the house. Love those hardwood floors. Love those windows. Man, Jerome, you've done it again, brother. He's That's done it again. Great, awesome. he is great story. Foolproof, tested, tried, and true. I can't <laughs> say it any better than that. I, you can't go wrong with Jerome. Now that, oh, that's a new one. You can't go wrong with Jerome. <laughs> Amber, let me let me get out of here before Abriel kill kill us, Damien. We are uh, we are at the end of the show, but you guys, thank you so much. As always, you can reach us, like us, love us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this podcast and others on YouTube, Spotify, and all of the social media networks. And as always. Find us, like us, and love us on www.naca.com. This is NACA's American Dream Program. Thank you guys for joining. Be safe. Stay safe. Next up. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com. Do you want to make a difference in your community and help build a stronger neighborhood? Become an active force locally as an activist. Create long-lasting changes in your community with the full support of NACA, one of the largest national nonprofit organizations fighting for economic justice. NACA's success is based on the active participation of over 2 million members advocating for affordable homeownership and economic justice. To learn more about NACA and how you can join a NACA to fight for economic justice in your neighborhood, visit NACA.com today. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Alicia Ford. Um, I purchased my home with NACA about a year and a half ago. I highly recommend it and it gives everybody a fighting chance 
at owning an affordable home with a mortgage that you can afford without some of the crazy lending practices that we know that are out there. To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com. Are you tired of paying astronomical prices in rent? Do you think owning your own home is an impossible dream because you can't afford a down payment or have a bad credit score? Welcome to NACA. We're revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best in America mortgage. No down payment, no closing costs or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score, and at a below market fixed rate. For more than 30 years, NACA has been in the forefront stabilizing communities through affordable home ownership for low to moderate income working people. To find out more information about NACA, visit us at NACA.com. That's NACA.com. Do you want to know why NACA is the best mortgage in America? Let's hear why from NACA homeowners themselves. My name is Barbara Milan. I bought my forever home. I'm not planning on moving again. And it's all because of NACA. I wouldn't have been able to afford the home that I'm living in um, without the NACA program. To find out how NACA can make your dream of owning your home a reality, visit us at NACA.com.